Well, hello, hello. This is Arctic Eric, and welcome to the broadcast, Fika with Arctic Eric. This is where we sit down together at the kitchen table and discuss various things, actually. Today, it's part three of Faith in Christ Always. was chatting with my wife this morning about this subject of faith and knowing that God has to help us to stay focused on Jesus and understanding he alone is the absolute best, but faith is among many of the good things regarding the King, Christ Jesus, and his kingdom. Faith is not our primary focus. By grace, that is, we'll keep him in focus. But to try to walk with an understanding of faith. What does faith accomplish? And of course, faith, biblical faith, has an object. The object is not faith. Our focus is not upon faith. Our focus is upon the one who is faithful. And of course, we know that God is faithful and that Christ is faithful. So God, through his amazing, sustaining, transforming, and enabling grace, will help us to keep our faith focused on the faithful one, Jesus Christ and the Father God. All right, I shared here uh, yesterday in part two, or not yesterday, the last time in part two, and we're going to continue to look at this topic of faith in Christ always. As I say, I mentioned in the last broadcast, Romans 10, 17, a verse that has meant so much to me in my life. And I will admit, I am a Bible junkie. I am a scripture junkie. What do I mean by that? My sustenance comes from scripture. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And he says, pray this day, for your daily bread. He's the bread that comes down from heaven, and we discover the richness and the depth and the nutrition and the transformation as we eat our daily bread, Scripture. Trusting the Holy Spirit to enlighten us into what is being said about the King, the King eternal, Jesus Christ, who dwells in us by His Spirit. May we never forget that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're trusting Christ alone for eternal life, then he dwells in you and you become his temple by the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I know I say this a lot, but it's so easy to forget and move over into what we should do rather than focusing on what Christ has done what he will do, and most importantly, what the Holy Spirit shows us through Scripture that he wants to do today. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes. Isn't that wonderful? It's possible to have faith. It comes, but how? We're not talking about human faith, faith in an employer or faith in a company or faith in a church or faith in an org. We're talking about biblical faith. And that is the ability to trust God who's faithful. It says, faith comes from hearing. May God open our ears and our hearts to hear the words of Christ. 
Faith comes from hearing what is told, what is expressed, what is preached, what is heard that comes from the message regarding Jesus Christ. He's the faithful one. He is the one in whom we place our faith. So let's continue to look here at faith and believe. And from one of my favorite translations, they expand the word believe to include adhere to, trust in, rely on, have faith in. And we know that the object of our faith, Hebrews says, we're to keep our eyes focused upon Jesus. He's the one we're sticking to, holding to, adhering to, trusting in. We're relying upon him. I said we're relying upon him and we have faith in him. We're not relying upon our ability to remember or to regurgitate other messages or thoughts or ideas as spiritual as they may have been, but to help us to hang on to the one who's holding on to us, Jesus Christ, through his ability. Okay, we know about a life depending on him. We're coming to know more about a life of depending upon him. Let's look here now and continue on believe, the word believe. Paul is writing Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.16. He says, However, for this reason, I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Okay, let's, let's look at this a moment. Paul is declaring that Jesus Christ desires to show that he is long suffering. And if we look at Paul's life, we can understand that. And as we look at Paul's life and recognize he certainly wasn't the model person we might think he should have been, but by grace alone, the person he became, we can see that God was very long-suffering to tolerate, to put up with all that Paul was and did before his encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. God is long-suffering toward all of us. He is long-suffering toward all of those that you're praying for who have not yet capitulated and surrendered to Jesus Christ, not just as a historical person, but to the living Jesus Christ who desires to be acknowledged from their hearts and mouths as their Lord. God is long-suffering. And he says that this long-suffering is a pattern, now listen, to those who are going to believe on him. Many are going to believe on him, and God has called us to be ambassadors. We're carrying the Christ on the inside of us, and he wants to carry us and lead us as ambassadors into meaningful conversations led by the Spirit that others might hear our testimony about God's love and transformation in our own lives. It's exciting. For those who are going to believe— what happens when people believe on him? Well, everlasting life. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's long-suffering toward that person, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a mate. Who knows who that person is, but you kind of scratch your head and say, will they ever get saved? Listen, God is long-suffering. He was long-suffering to me. 
I would think he's been very long-suffering to you as well. And he will to those around you that you're praying for, waiting for a spirit-led opportunity to share more about the goodness of God in your life, the great things he's done in your life as a testimony to his goodness. Listen, religion wants you to testify about the good things you do for God, but God wants us to testify about the good things he has done in our lives and through our lives to the benefit of others. Isn't that exciting? In order to do that, we need help. We need grace. We need God's ability. We need to to know a faithful God who wants to demonstrate his faithfulness to us, in us, and through us continually. Paul goes on to write in 1 Timothy 4, verse 10, For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Now, we can see trust and believe in this verse. Number one, they are trusting in the living God. Why? Because he's the Savior of all men. The Bible says, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But it doesn't stop there. Not only has God sent the Lamb, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the sin of the world, but he wants the world to acknowledge and accept the offering, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and believe. For when we believe, what God has begun comes to a new starting point. He says, trust in God. Listen, it's important to know there is a God, but that's not enough. It's important to trust God, and that's marvelous. But we're to trust also in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, many people can even use the word God because there's many of them. And many times they don't make it clear what God they're talking about. And we can even talk about church. But to talk about Jesus as though he's real, genuine, alive, working, doing, completing what he began, that requires what? It requires faith. And I'll tell you right now, as God awakens you by his spirit to what he's done in your life, and as you testify to others about it, faith will rise up in you fresh and new, and the person of the Holy Spirit will be there with you in that testimony. So share as led by the Spirit with an expectation that questions will come. And that the Holy Spirit, because you spent time with Christ in the Scripture, that he will help you to formulate words that are appropriate for that conversation to convey the goodness of God in salvation through not only trusting there is a living God, but believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 2.6, we read, Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Listen, when we believe upon him, God becomes our heavenly father. Yes, he is the father creator for all, but the heavenly father is a transition through the new birth. Through faith, those who believe on him, they have peace with God. There's no shame. The sins are washed away. Yeah, that's what I said. The sins are washed away. Your sins are washed away. 
It doesn't take faith to grovel and say, oh, I'm just a sinner. Well, listen, everyone that isn't saved is just a sinner. It's not about just a sinner. It's about Jesus Christ, the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ, when as our Lord has taken our sin away, and we are classified as his child, a child of God, born again, and in Paul's terms, a saint. I didn't say you won't sin, but I said when you sin, God is there to forgive. And if we'll walk in the light as Christ is in the light, his blood will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We'll have unbroken fellowship with God as we walk with Christ. We have unbroken fellowship with him. As we walk with Christ, we have unbroken fellowship with others because his blood is cleansing us from all sin. So we don't focus on being a sinner. We don't deny it, but we don't focus on that. We focus on what God says about our condition as a child of God. We're forgiven. You are forgiven. The lamb took away the sin of the world. And when you said yes to him, to Jesus Christ, his blood washed you from all sin. It's amazing. You believed in your heart. At that moment, you became right with God. And the first fruit of being right for God was declaring Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. In 1 John 5, 1 and verse 5, we read, Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's you and that's me. We are overcomers through trusting, through hoping, through holding on to the one who's holding on to us by faith, and that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. All good things are found in him, and everything was created by him, for him, to him, and through him. And you've been recreated the moment you capitulated and believed. All right, we're moving along here with time at the kitchen table. Thank you for joining me. This is Arctic Eric, and it's always a joy here to chat with you. Let's look at one more verse, Ephesians 1, chapter 13. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I, I want to dance right now. You've been sealed. Listen, you've trusted in God. You've heard the word of truth. You've heard the gospel of your salvation, and that is it's salvation through Christ alone, not through works and not through organisms, but through Christ alone, faith in him, so that having believed now, this is for those of us who have believed, we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit comes to us and dwells in us, causing us to become God's temple. And in that, he has many precious promises, which is one of the reasons we want to be in Scripture, in the Bible, in the Holy Bible, to discover 
What are those promises? What are the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do? If we don't know what he wants to do, we can find ourselves trying to do what God alone desires to do. God is glorified in what Christ's Spirit in us does. And so when we say, Jesus, I just want you to be glorified in my life, that means helper, Holy Spirit, do these things in me. Reveal to me the promises and perform and produce those promises in and through my life so that I can enter into the rest that your salvation provides. Oh my, it's wonderful. Well, as I say, this was part three of Faith in Christ Always. We'll continue the next time we sit down here at the kitchen table. I do thank you for taking this time. You know, I'm aware that you have busy days and busy nights and evenings and mornings, and so I so appreciate that no matter where you are and what you're doing, that you've taken this time to join me here at the kitchen table. My prayer for you is today that God, by his Spirit, draw you to his Son, Jesus, through Scripture, to an ever-deepening, ever-enriching relationship with his Son, in whom is hidden all the wisdom and knowledge. That's right, all eternal wisdom and knowledge is in Christ Jesus and revealed to we who believe through Scripture. Okay, God bless you. Good day.